Hi, my name is Tracy G and I'm an inner work coach, NLP trainer and podcaster extraordinaire. Passionate about equality and a world that is more diverse and inclusive, giving each and every one of us the opportunity to be the best version of ourselves. As a biracial woman, I've experienced my fair share of discrimination in the past and come out on top. We all know that discrimination and bias still exists in the world today, and it's not always easy to know what to do about it. This podcast, All One Inclusive, is about celebrating all diversity and being proud of all that you are. I chat with inspiring guests and my friends as we share stories from news sources and listeners from all over the world who have experienced some form of discrimination firsthand. The aim is for us to be able to discuss this issue more openly so it becomes better understood by all and provide tips about what you can do to make a difference. The world may have a lot of catching up to do, but if we can imagine a more equal world, we can create change step by step, ripple by ripple. Oh, lovely Bethna, happy hump day. Hi Tracy, how are you? I'm awesome. Thank you. I see you. You're looking very funky. Oh, thanks. I'm, I Earrings and the hair. I'm just made an effort. I'm in my office today, so I made an effort. That's all. You look like you belong in a um, funky MTV music video. Oh, there you go. Shout out if anybody wants me to appear in the background of their MTV video. <laughs> special, special guest. Special guest. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. How's your week been? It's good. I, I, I've been, honestly, it's been filled up with a lot of work because I'm going away in a few weeks. So there's a few things I need to sort out um, before I go away. And so I've been focused a lot on those things. Um, but, you know, it's been great weather, going out, taking Hendy for walks. I had a really interesting time last week where they have these things called Twilight yeah twilight markets it's not really markets basically it's a community event where they have music live music outside and they have little food stalls and it starts really late afternoon like when kids are getting out of school so it's for families very family oriented so you can just sit in the sun chat listen to the music enjoy some food it's really really lovely that's great does that go on all night like throughout the night you know, late kids' bedtime. It's not a really long night. See, because I went to something similar the other week where it started at about five o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday and it went all the way round to Sunday. Oh, night. was that the 24 hour thing in the city? Yeah, yeah. And it was very similar. They had a bit like a twilight show where, mm. um, light show, should I say, but it's actually in the evening or it's in the middle of the night and mm. they had markets open. 24 hours throughout the night I think you told me about that I just forgot it was happening I might have been interested in going to that actually but anyway I forgot about that but no this is more every week every Friday it's a community thing and it's it goes till I think the end of this month and then it's done but it was been it's been going since like December but yeah it's nice um but other than that oh and it was Valentine's Day happy Valentine's well even though it's like I suppose do you celebrate Valentine's I mean, I always celebrate Valentine in the sense that I'm, it's a reminder to make a point to share the love. That's so it. that's yeah. what it's for. Yeah, I would mean, um, say I'm a Valentine's believer. I think it's a great time. It's a reminder, as you say, where 
if you're in a couple, it'd be great. It doesn't matter how romantic you are as a couple, but even, you know, whether or not it's say leaving a little post-it note expressing how you feel or whether or not it's just giving a hug up a day on that yeah. day. A little reminder, a little bit of a boost. Exactly. So what yeah. I did was I said happy Valentine's Day to people and I and I told Hendy I loved him very much. <laughs> sure, I'm sure he said the same to you. Yeah, I'm sure he did. He did. So Hendy's my little doggy. Oh, um, but actually, it's nice just to think about the love in your life and the, pre, you know, just to take stock because you don't, it's not something you do on a daily basis. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and the different forms of love because it's all all valuable and important, I definitely, think. Definitely. I did receive a digital rose, Ooh. a rose emoji. I don't know if that counts, but I'm taking that. That's great. It's like you say, any different, any kind of format, doesn't matter what kind of, gesture it is small big as long as it's expressed it it's to me yeah so that's that's kind of the me so people are like oh, i don't buy into that well you don't need to buy into it but it's just a celebration of love well you don't, you don't have to go buying things and spending money to celebrate love so that's it exactly yeah mm. right so what's yeah. we on for today well um, this story, I can't remember if you found it or I found it. Uh, which story would this be? So this story is West Side Story show cancelled for lack of diversity. Oh, yes, I remember seeing this one. And it's actually, it's more one of these, it's from Sky News. And it was released in February, early February. And it's more of like watch it on the TV. But there's enough information here for us to, to have a good discussion dive into it let's dive into it shall we so basically um this man his name is Stephen Hanley and he's the one that's been interviewed on the news he's a father of a man who had a role um in West Side Story but the theatre company producing this um show cancelled due to the feeling that they didn't have enough diversity and Stevens obviously felt strong enough to come on the news and say how he feels that all of it just a little bit mind boggling. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how he describes it. He says, um, the last time I checked, the definition of acting is playing someone else, pretending to be someone else. I honestly don't understand it. And then there's loads of headlines like um, woke West Side show cancelled and like political what was the other headline? Um, show council due to lack of diversity. And then something like, what was it? I just really want to get the word because I thought it was quite something you hear a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, something, you know, like political correctness gone wrong. It wasn't actually that, but it was implying that basically. Identity politics plague theatre. Well, that's interesting. Wait, mm. really sure. So let's break this down then. So basically there's a theatre show um, which has produced West Side Story. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it's in Australia. It could be um, on the New York stage. And um, what's happened is the show has been cancelled due to lack of diversity. So, and it's interesting because West Side Story is actually a show which the, the content is, the whole story is based around this Latino culture, is that correct? Yeah, that's my understanding. I honestly put my hand up and say I haven't watched it. I think, do you know what? I haven't gone to watch a, the show, but I think I've seen it on TV. It's been on TV. And it's oh, like, 
it reminds me it's like this Romeo Juliet kind of love story to you know two sides of the track but it's Latino communities I don't know if it's Puerto Rican or I'm not sure I can't remember but I have seen it on TV ages ago so the Latina you know the people of color that that's the basis of the show and did, was it you that said it was Steven Spielberg that wrote the original yeah, I think it was, um, I think a few years ago, um, Steven Spielberg um, had made an adaptation uh, for, the, for the big screen. And I believe it was Ariana DeBose who won an Oscar, um, I think Best Supporting Actress. Um, I could be wrong there, but I know you actually won an Oscar um, for it. So um, that's how I remember it from the Oscars. Mm. And, I, and it's just like, just like yourself, Tracy, I haven't um, seen the full um, West Side Story in its entirety. I've, I've definitely seen clips around it, and I've pieced it together exactly how you how you've described it as a as a love story very similar to Romeo and Juliet, um, whereby it's um, yeah two two individuals coming together, and um, yeah, their challenges through that. It's 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 of a Latina culture, so it's interesting how. This theatre show, if they cancel it due to lack of diversity, then that means that the theatre show is originally produced with um, actors who were not of Latino background or culture. But I've always, for some reason, I've always seen um, the clips of West Side Story. Of that anyway, it's, it's, it's predominantly, I've predominantly seen West Side Story um, clips um, showing actors and actresses playing characters um yeah who are of white color we're not we're not people of, of color so mm. it's, it's interesting that now that they've pulled it up for this theater show mm. i just think it's a bit strange actually well there's two things the first thing is a show takes a lot of work you don't just decide oh one week i'm gonna do west side story and then you and then you you know your lives the next week it's like maybe even a year at least, if not longer, months, years, I don't know, to get ready for a show. And casting, you know, would be meticulous. So firstly, it tells me that they didn't go into, you know, the idea of having this show without casting more diverse people. So this to me seems like an afterthought. Um, you know, the, the horse has already bolted and then all of a sudden they're deciding that, oh, there's not enough diversity. So that to me is like, well, too late. That's, um, That's a really good point, actually, yeah. So there's that that part of it. So then to cancel it, I can see why people would be pissed off. Um, imagine all the any, uh, time and effort that's gone into getting ready because it would have been so far down that line. And then the other side of it is I kind of get annoyed with this idea of identity politics being around encouraging diversity when, to me, it's just like saying... Um, wanting everybody to have food and water is some form of political movement to me it's all if you believe we're all humans and we all deserve to have equal opportunities and to you know freedom and happiness and success then representation matters and if you don't understand that then have a conversation about it with somebody who understands more about it because that's really why I guess they're saying this was cancelled. I mean, what would you say to Stephen, who really doesn't understand why it was cancelled? 
Well, with Stephen, his point of view is that uh, he's the father of a son who's in the show. So he's obviously seen, like you said, that first point that you mentioned, Tracy, about, you know, there's been a lot of effort and hard work that has been poured into the show to make this happen. So that's where Stephen's perspective is coming from, is mm. that he's seen the perspective of the fact that his son has spent hard work into his production and now it's cancelled and it's due to diversity. And what Stephen was saying is, is he said that the last time that he checked, the definition of acting was playing someone else, pretending to be someone else. So he's mm -hmm. got a perspective, or he's saying, expressing a perspective that his son should ideally be able to play somebody else, regardless of colour, race, age, and so forth. And, he's right. I agree with that's him. Exactly, and that's exactly it. So, um, and this is why it's just, it, it is an interesting article, because... It does beg the question, you know, should it have even, was there a reason for it to be pulled? Well, I don't know. It's just, it's like they just decided to get on the bandwagon, even though it's not really a bandwagon. It should have been a first thought anyway. And that's why it's a really good point that you mentioned, Tracy, about, you know, the horse has already bolted. Why? It's it's, it's too late. So, um, and yeah, and that's where Stephen's frustration is coming from. Yeah. So, um, and, 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 you see, and it is interesting, I mean, we mentioned Steven Spielberg before, and Steven Spielberg's adaptation of the same um, production um, on the screen did include diversity. That was an, a great example of diversity. It didn't do as well. I don't know if it's if diversity had a factor in that, but that's what Steven Spielberg was actually doing. He was basically... Um, he was he was including um, diversity in in his adaptation, and it's relevant because I mean there was Latino actors and actresses in his production, whereas mm. this is the first um, theatre production that I've heard of where it's actually been pulled um, due to um, the lack of diversity. But then it also but, but then we also have to look at well. You know, what would the, the theatre production ideally be looking for? Would they be looking for Latino actors and actresses um, to play the parts? And, and would there be enough? Well, you know, it depends where it is. You couldn't, you know, be very pushed if you were doing something in Sydney without flying loads of actors and actresses in from other parts of the world to do like an all black production. But then it just depends. So really, you know, there's practical things to consider. I get that. But for me, the point he's making is actors should be able to act the whole point of acting is to act, play any part. But then if you think about going back to the days of Shakespeare in mm -hmm. his time, all um, parts were played by men, including the female parts. Right, so yeah. how would we feel if that was still the case? Mm. Would it be okay that women, female parts are only played by men in this day and age? I think you need to think. So that's an interesting one because then maybe that's what this article really is, is that this theatre piece that was cancelled, West Side Story, that's the modern day version of a Shakespearean play being cancelled in Elizabethan times because of the fact that there was no females. <laughs> that was the case, yeah. I don't know if it was, but I guess the point I'm trying to make... Full circle. <laughs> I guess the point I'm trying to make is representation matters so that everybody can have that opportunity. So the whole point is having women, that women have the opportunity then to play female characters, and, you know, and people of colour should have the opportunity to play people of colour characters. And really, if all those opportunities were already there and we had a mix of people of colour, white people, trans people, whatever, playing different characters in different shows, then it wouldn't even matter. Mm. It wouldn't matter if... Um, a black man was playing a white man or 
you know, a white man was playing a black man or it wouldn't matter if we already had that diversity there. Yes, yes. I think the reason why it's it's come under question or is because of the fact that the nature of the, the, the content is that it is a, a Latino-based story. So yeah. having actors of who are not of that culture or that background mm. does add a new kind of dynamic to it. It's a bit like having a Bollywood story and not seeing any Indian people. It would be weird, right? It just it would it would still it would still play out, but it would skew the perspective a little bit. Yeah, so it would look a it's, bit. That's a good another good example. But actually, and you also think the practicalities in Sydney. Actually, you probably could get a lot of Indian actors. You could find Indian actors if it was a Bollywood production, for example. But maybe you just have a mix. Maybe there wouldn't be enough good ones, but you would have a mix of Indian and white actors playing this Bollywood, then it, I think that's more reasonable. Yes. Um, I never, I've been to theatre productions um, which are based around stories set in India, you know, and the characters are of Indian origin. And there's been a mix of uh, Indian or- originated actors mm. as well as um, non-Indian. So, right. there you, go. you know, in the real world, you've got to consider the practicality of where mm. that production's taking place. Mm. Um and how much money you have, because it may, to have an all Latin, you know, cast, you may have to fly people in, for being honest, about the availability of people that live here, because there's, there's not, there just isn't that population. So, and also, it comes down to talent, you're the right person for the job, you know, you can't necessarily uh, give a give a role to a person because of their background, they've got to be able to play the part, they've got to be able to um, audition, so, you know, there's also that factor. You can't well, just... yeah, you're right. I mean, I said that. They, you know, they have to have the, the quality of the actors is going to be considered, but even available, the availability of quality actors with that ethnic background are not going to be as common as they are, common in Australia as they are in America, for example. As well or said, even in um, America. Very well said. I think the horse has bolted. The horse bolted. So, yeah, it's a bit strange that now they're all of a sudden... Um, considering it and so I get why people are not happy but anyway interesting one right for our viewers so sorry for our listeners yes yeah definitely interesting yes Mm. right right and so um in the in the same realm of diversity the second story that we have um is I suppose it's in line with um the month of uh, February and Valentine's and love. And in love. And in love. Here in, here in Australia, um, a few weeks ago, we saw the launch of, the, I think we're in season 10 of the TV show called Married at First Sight. So I know that, um, I well, I heard that this is a show in Australia has gone global, um, probably for all the wrong reasons. Before you go, actually, I saw Married at First Sight. I saw a UK version. I did what there was a UK version around the time when it first came out. It was more serious, though. Do you know why? Because, I mean, and if you, if I'm getting this. It's probably got more serious and yours are more laid back. <laughs> no, it was just more serious in the sense that the laws are different. So in oh. the UK, they actually were married. And if they didn't want to stay married, they had to get an annulment. Oh, well, that's serious. Over here, it's yes. basically, it's kind of make, yeah, yeah. Make, 
bow and then if you survive the marriage after the series then there's obviously the option well in the in the uk version they were married they had to get an annulment right so here we have the vows in australia between the two strangers but they don't sign anything Mm. and and just for the the listeners who aren't um who aren't familiar with maths who've been living under a rock basically (laughs) it's uh the format is that um you have a group of women a group of men um struggling to find love and so what they do is they put their future and their hearts in the hand of a group of experts who then partner them with a match and um and then the first time that they meet is at the wedding altar and so you're hence you're married at first sight. So um I've arranged marriage, but where people just, you don't in, know. In community, they'd be like maths. Like it's been happening for ancient years. It's like, yeah, so um it's been happening since the beginning of time. But it's a new concept, obviously, um, for Western culture. And then there's the series follows each of the couples. And here in Australia, um, the series has been running um for about 10 seasons, a number of years now. And I know in the last few years, there's definitely been pressure on the producers of um, maths or Married at First Sight here in Australia about the lack of diversity and selection of the individuals who participate in the show. So, you know, it is down to the producers of the show who select who comes on the show. But at the same time, you know, it's also, um, there has to be the individuals who put themselves forward. You know, I'm not sure, the people of colour, you know, it's up to, it's really how many entries that they get, how many applications they get. And then it's down to the producers. The producers over the years have copped a bit of slack about the lack of diversity. Mm. They did did have um, two gay women on the last one or the one before. Oh, yes, they did. Yes. They had a um, a lesbian couple. They had a same-sex marriage on there. Yeah, that's right. They, they did. And I remember actually a few years ago, this must have been about four or five years ago, they did have a male Indian or someone who was originated from India on the show. That, that's the only thing I remember. Mm. So I think that it's they're, they're breaking their pattern slowly. And I think slowly. it's showing in this particular series. Um, uh, I know it's, so it's been running for a few weeks here in Australia. So... Already, there's about you know, eight, nine couples, maybe. I don't know exactly. But within those couples, there's one Indian lady. Mm. There's a female. Sorry. There's one Indian female. There's a female who I believe is um, of, of Asian origin. Then there's another female who is of mixed race, um, half Thai, I believe. And then there is also another woman coming into the show next week who is also going to be of Asian origin. So that's, um, they've really put it out there. And um, and they've obviously listened to the, um, the, the criticism and the mm. people getting. But interestingly enough, they've also had what the wedding that takes place. It's normally a traditional Western style marriage whereby you've got a white dress and tuxedo that kind of thing whereas the wedding that took place for the female indian was actually an indian style wedding and she was dressed in a red sari and um, there was lots of color involved there and there were even parts of the ceremony included the indian marriage uh, commitment uh, rituals mm. so they're obviously making attempts to break that mold but it's interesting because there was a an article that came out um just this week um, and it was the article was by um, Refinery29, 
I don't know if they're what we call a um, quality publication, but, you know, we're talking about maths, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's a story from the entertainment section, and um, the writer is Alicia Virajlal, and, which was from this week in mid-February. And the headline is, Why the Stakes Are Much Higher for Women of Colour on Maths. It basically says that um, marriage in the real world already demands huge life adjustments. So marrying a stranger on reality TV is is unsurprisingly a massive challenge. Contestants mm-hmm. come up against different personalities and values to reckon with as they navigate their new relationships. But women of colour on a show in particular can be dealt a tough card. This year in season 10, this is clearly evident through the journeys of Sandy Jawanda and Janelle Han. So these are the two um, individuals that I was mentioning earlier. Dental hygienist Jawanda is the daughter of Indian immigrants, while beauty influencer and TikTok creator Han's Singaporean Chinese parents came to Australia in the 1980s. Growing up as first-gen Aussies, both women say they have faced racism and felt unseen in a media landscape that's still lacking in multicultural representation. So um, dating shows have been criticised for not featuring as culturally diverse a cast as other reality shows such as MasterChef, My Kitchen Rules, Australian Idol, Survivor. Whilst casting agents are often blamed for this, we can't ignore that many culturally and linguistically diverse communities tend to frown upon involvement in shows about relationships and sex. Jawanda's situation is an example. Her parents refused to appear on camera and didn't attend her wedding. Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe that's the reason why there is a lack of diversity on shows such as this, reality shows. Um, I did apply to go on one. Oh, did you? Let's talk about that, Tracy. I already talked about it. Really, let's about it. I went not on map actually. Well, I applied to go on first dates. I didn't really get get. I didn't get there. Um, And then first date is that first date is when we could just go for dinner. So it's almost like a blind date being set up by a friend, but the difference is that it's all televised. Pretty much, yeah. And then they have that in the UK as well. I much prefer the UK episodes than the Australian ones. But anyway, I didn't get on that. Well, you didn't get on that. Okay, no. so okay, right. I see, I see. And then I applied to go on um the love experiment, which I did get on. Okay. Tell us about a love experiment. I haven't heard about this. Well, you the one that told me went on to television. <laughs> I was the one that saw a trailer for yeah. a show. At half past 11 in the evening, I had my TV on in the background and I was typing away uh, on my laptop and I heard your voice in the background blaring from my TV. And it was a trailer. It was like a 90 second trailer about about a program, but I didn't know it was, uh, it looked like a dating show. Um, Kind of. I yeah. didn't see the program itself, so what well, that's the, that's the problem. It didn't go it didn't go to terrestrial television in the end. It was just the the Lack one episode pilot. Lack of diversity. Absolutely. Oh, it had so much diversity. It was all diversity. This show. Oh, great! Mm, and how yes. how how it didn't go to air. Didn't get to air. It's a lot of diversity, so they can't say it's it's not just about. Um, people shying away but I think once you've got more representation you're going to get more um people minority people applying and being more accepting when they see exactly what's involved and what what it's about but there's also 
the TV channels that choose what goes on air. And so this show didn't get chosen. It might be for other reasons, but it certainly was very diverse. And all you would have seen, there was a pilot episode and I wasn't in the pilot. There's two other people for the pilot. And then there was, you would see me in literally in the trailer and that was it. And then that didn't go anywhere. Unfortunately. Because here we are and we're talking about diverse. I mean, the last story that we've just discussed was or, or kind of deep dived into was about diversity in, in, in theatre land. Mm. Um, and now we're, we're looking at a story which is a TV show, um, harmless TV show. And we're talking about the lack of diversity or the change that, has, that, that we're just seeing in these last few weeks on this show. And here you are, Tracy, you know, you've been in a real life example where there's been opportunity where you can put diversity out there on a dating show and it's not it's not transpired. You know, but like you say, you know, maybe for different reasons, but what a shame. You know, how many other pilot series, how many other productions have been prepped, but they've not made the cut, they've not made it to air? You know, it's such a shame because maybe they're already out there, but we just don't necessarily, when I say we, I mean, people of colour don't make a cut. Oh, 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 <laughs> That's, that might be, might be the case. Might not be. Might be the case, but there you go. It's, it's open to interpretation and obviously open for discussion for our listeners. Mm. So yeah. tell me, because I'm still not clear, what is it particularly about people of colour in this show that, you know, makes it so difficult? Well, I think um, what, what, what it basically is, this article is saying is that um, the community or some communities of colour, that they have pressure, they have stigma around showing affection publicly. And for this show, which is, you're getting married on television, this isn't necessarily a harmless first date. You're actually mm. committing to somebody um, for a number of weeks on the show. You know, it, and in some instances, it goes beyond the emotion. There's physical intimacy, and it's all public. It's made public, and so your entire journey of being introduced to someone, being connected with them, um, finding out more about them, becoming intimate with them emotionally and physically, it's all on camera. And for, um, for a community um, of colour, that is difficult. That is difficult to actually accept. And so it's difficult to of, of communities of colour to be on this show because they may not necessarily get the support from their family and friends, which has been illustrated in this season in maths where there's a woman of colour and her parents didn't attend the wedding. They didn't want to be shown on camera. In fact, they, they discouraged her from participating in the show um, by saying that you'll get laughed at. And you'll become, um, and also, what? How will we look in the community? Yeah, that's the thing. It's always how we, how we'll be perceived in other people's eyes in our community as well. And I think it's. I, I don't know if you have you watched. Uh, have you watched the episode where there was the Indian um, female who was getting married? I don't. I don't watch it. Um, well, um, I watched that show. I watched that episode, and um, she was actually thinking of um, taking heed of her parents' advice and actually walking away from um, from being involved in this experiment. Mm -hmm. And she received a text message from her friend, and she read it out. She shared the message with her friend, and it was a very powerful message. And it was all about how her friend was encouraging her and reminding her that she is representing 
all the women in that Indian community who are afraid to follow their dreams because of their community, because of the color of their skin, because they're a female, because they're, they are being, they've been brought up to, to really be subordinate. Mm-hmm. And if you, if, you, if you decide to stay on stay and do this experiment, I know it's going to be going against your parents' wishes, but you are standing up for so many other women in your position. Oh, and wow. And um, yeah, it's a shame we don't have an insert that I can share from um, from that show, but it was very mm. powerful. It was very powerful. And so and I'm, the- I'm really glad that the producers of Maths mm. decided to include that portion yeah. in, in this female story leading up to the marriage. Because yeah. even throughout the thread of the, the narrative of this woman's story, of her involvement in this experiment, is all about that. What yeah. she's trying to do is this is her attempt to break that stigma mm. just in the smallest possible way that she can um, about, you know, if there's a young woman at home um, who is finding obstacles, who is against, against with what they want to do in their life, whether it be around finding love, going for the career that they want, yet they've not seen a woman of colour on TV. This mm. is her way of breaking that. I think that's amazing. Very powerful message from her friend there it does make me think and we all do this and I guess to the extent that we do it is how it kind of reflects how happy we can be in our lives in the in the sense that how much weight we give to what other people think of us and especially if it's part of your community and especially if going against what your community thinks you should think or behave means you'd be um, cast out of that community or shunned out of that community, then reject, nobody wants to be rejected. And some communities for me are worse than others. And it's similar in my, my, you know, in in the African community that I originate from. And it's whether you take those values, because they're values in the end of the day, they're values. And it's whether you take those on board. And I'll admit I haven't mostly for a large part of my life. But if I feel it, if I had, I wouldn't be very happy. Mm. Um, and so it's making that decision for yourself. It's it's not easy to make. It's not easy to decision to make. I think the the easiest way or one way that helps me is to know that I create my family. I choose my family. And the people that support my dreams, the people that support who I am and who I want to be. And if they're not, then... They, their place is a small place or a no place in my life. And that's kind of how I live my life. And that's, but, and yeah. I think you've encompassed what this article um, has highlighted with, with the example of this um, Indian female on maths. And it's great that um, such a, if I'm able to say, a shit show like maths, um, because it is Can't Crash TV. Yeah. Able to not only include, yes, it's great to see um, uh, women of colour on screen, full stop. But that it's in this context where I think what's happened is this this Indian female who's agreed to be on the show, put her name forward to, yes, finding love, but she's turned the maths um, reputation on its head. And then she's actually using that as an opportunity to put forward her message. Yeah, it's really powerful. And you know what? Until now, I have no interest in watching it. But now that you've told me that, I'm like... If, if you're going to watch the episode, it's the episode where um, Sandy, um, that's the name of the uh, Indian female, um, she gets partnered up 
Um, I think it's, I can't remember, it's, it's very first in the episodes, but um, um, you basically get to see uh, the reasons for why she's looking um, for um, for love in this format. And okay. it shows you a little bit about, it, it opens about her background mm. and then it takes you, yeah, she takes, it's an opportunity to, for you to see. Um, That's really her. cool. Love it. Oh, love it. Maybe we can get Sandy on the show. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Let's try this. Let's try this. Put it out there. Put it out there, Sandy. Sandy, if you're listening, if anyone, if anyone's listening and they know Sandy, uh, yeah, DM us and uh, and yeah. let's make this happen. And then yeah. we can hear it from Sandy's own words. Sandy's own words. Oh, that would be beautiful. Yeah. That would be beautiful. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thanks for thanks to highlighting that story. Um, very powerful. Um, and it's and it kind of extends the whole concept for me, representation. It's not just about the opportunity um to have something or want something or have success or happiness. Um, you know, if I can't see it, I can't be it. But it's also about um how it speaks to other people in your community and what it reflects back to them and what is and isn't possible it's a it's a bigger picture than just the individual which I think don't always think about so that's pretty cool yeah yeah oh thanks for that oh I'm gonna move on I have oh I also want to say um, it's pride month and Sydney was awarded to host pride month so happy pride month people yeah looking forward to that yeah Lots, lots going up, lots, go, lots of things. I actually tried to buy tickets for some things, but things sold out fast. Mm-hmm. They were really expensive. I actually managed to get tickets, which I'm going to talk to you about later, to the Human Rights Conference, it was, which has been hosted in Sydney as part of the Pride Month. Oh, wow, that sounds amazing. That's great. So I have a spare ticket, so I'll talk to you about yes. that. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, yeah, I'd be up for that. Um, um, I definitely saw, like, it's so great seeing um, the city of Sydney also um, be brushed with these rainbow colours. I saw, like, the bus stops in my area, they've all got glittery little bulbs coming off, um, yeah, in rainbow colours. This is the bus stop. I it's should it should stay like that, right? Yeah. The pavements here in um, in Bondi, they're, they're all in rainbow colours. Um, it's great. It's oh, that's great. great. I don't see that. I have to say, not, not that's not happening here. Oh, um, oh, but in the city, there's a lot more. In the city and east of the suburbs, there is a lot more. Um, and I found this really cool scenario, which, again, I'll, I'll, re- I'll reiterate, taken from Lean In. One of their resources is different scenarios of bias and and how they are biased and what you can do about it, no matter what your background. So in this scenario, which I'm going to go to Bavna, what would you do is the, is the situation. So you're in a meeting. So you're part of this meeting. It's about hiring. And the colleagues in this meeting agree that the most qualified candidate is a trans woman, but worry about how clients will respond to her. What would you do? What would you say? So for me, the first thing that comes up is, well, for me, it's for as long as we've got the um, the most talented and the most suitable person in the role, that's first and foremost. In terms of how the clients or how some clients may perceive that, 
so again i'm a questioner so i would i'd probably um ask again what makes what where where would this be coming from you know have there been any instances where you doubt what um our clients would be thinking about our selection but also i think it would also be an opportunity whereby um you know if we if i'm involved in the selection criteria for hiring then um yeah first and foremost it's it's the most a suitable person most qualified person for a job but also if there's an element if there's a factor of someone being transgender and how that's put out there in terms of clients it would be a case of okay well how are we seen as an organization and I know lots of organisations, um, you know, they um, they champion um, the transgender community. And so it would, if anything, it would be seen as the company being very forward thinking and being very inclusive. And so uh, if anything, it would be seen in a positive light. Yeah, that's how I would probably see that. So it's basically, yes, it's the first and foremost is that is the right person for a job. But if it so happens that this individual is transgender, then that'd be almost a bonus for the, for the, for the organization because they're, they're, and especially if it's a role which is client facing external stakeholders, because they're representing the, the organization. Whenever there's a role where it includes um, managing external stakeholders, you're always representing that company. And if you're of, of um, a transgender um, identity, then it's literally a case of you're still doing your job, but the fact of the matter is that you're also you're also representing an extension of that company. So your company is being seen as inclusive. Yeah, a beautiful. Love that. I was thinking the same. The first question I'd ask is, well, what are the values of our company? Like, what are our values? And like, speak to that because it's, which is essentially similar. Um, what are our values? Our values are what we stand for. Um, and you would think that that is the reason why you have customers because let's face it, most companies are not um, monopolies. Most companies have competitors and there's particular reasons why people go with one company versus another company. So, and often that's your values and whether you live by your values. Mm -hmm. So if your company has the values of inclusivity, equality, um, fairness, diversity, whatever qualities speak to having representation in the company, then I imagine that comment would be very strange to hear in that context, right? But I would say, whoever said that, I'd be like, oh, where, where does that comment come from? Like, what are you thinking could happen? It's also quite a sensitive one because, again, you're, if you're in a group and this is part of a selection conversation, there's a group yeah. of people, and if it's come from one person, you also need to be careful about the approach, about how you feedback to that one person. Because we don't want to, again, it's it's a case of not necessarily wanting to put them on the spot. Um, because at the end of the day, workplaces, we, we, we ideally are a safe place where you can. Yeah, I'm not saying, well, if they've, they've obviously felt safe enough to say that. Yeah, that's true. So they've said it. So, you know, you're asking, well, is, does anybody else have concerns about that? You would probably put it out to everybody there, not just that person. Anybody else concerned about that? And, and, and even just that question may have other people speaking to um, why it's another problem, saying things like what you just said, or if they have concerns, they'd also voice it and you can address it. But I'm imagining if that person's comfortable saying that, then they've already, they've already got an environment that feels like a safe space to bring up your opinions. Um, it, is, I, but it definitely homes in on the representation and inclusion. 
so which is very important so yeah, yeah. but now yeah. things come a lot of companies have those um uh when it comes to the interview process you normally have that selection criteria where as a candidate or an interviewer you have to tick boxes yeah about- well that's why they're there so you don't exactly why it's there because yeah. they, the company would hopefully use that information yeah. to suppose um yeah so you're not so you're eliminating things like unconscious bias exactly um but here is what it says it says why it matters it says it's inappropriate to speculate about how how clients would respond to someone's gender identity just as it would be about their religious faith or ethnicity it's true if 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 it was a black person or an indian person or asian person or just a woman oh you know she's the best candidate but how would clients respond well, yeah, okay. It's not it's not appropriate legally even. That's right. And also interesting how this is part of the what would you do section because just this week I've been um applying for a few jobs mm. a contractor. And um and I've had that question um uh, put forward in applications about three times this week. And on each of those occasions I've declined because it has no relevance for me being able to do the job. You mean like tick the box of what you fit in ethnicity wise? Yes, I totally get that feeling because I I do that as well. I would tick other. However, the the other side of that is they need to make sure that they hire a diverse workforce. So how are they going to know to do that if they don't know? I tend to I tend to consider okay, is this a boutique company that I'm applying for, or is this a big multinational global? And that's also what makes my um, decision mm. about that tick box session. Well, uh, maybe oh. we should extend this this conversation about the tick box section. Oh, don't even get me started. The tick that box. is a whole new can of worms. But it's a really it's valid for this particular podcast subject. It is. We we'll talk about that. Dedicate some time to that. Yeah, because yeah. I get I don't even know what to tick. I get annoyed. I was put other but anyway, another another time. For our listeners, let's look out for a podcast which is dedicated to this tick, tick box. Yeah. So as we said, it's inappropriate to speculate about how clients will respond to someone's gender identity, the same as it would be if it was about their religious faith or ethnicity. I guess you could, I'm just thinking another scenario like this I just made up in my head. A woman that wears a burqa, for example, that could be um, mm. another example. But anyway, the discussion harms company culture because it could make it feel acceptable to discriminate against trans people or a woman wearing a burqa or a woman of colour or a man of colour or a specific faith. Yeah. 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 So there, there is that. And then... Um, it says what you could do. So what you could do is you could remind the group that they all agreed that she was the most qualified candidate and push back against the idea that you should give up on the strongest hire. You can also point out to some of her specific qualifications and experience that fit the criteria for the role. All right, so I guess what it's saying is just, it's it's not even telling you to go there. It's going the opposite of what what we just talked about. It's saying, just focus on skills and qualifications which is the whole point. That's, Mm. guess what that's saying. I would do both, actually. I I would would do both. I would definitely champion the the factor of representation and how we look as an organisation, because especially as, you know, if if a question's um, aimed in or brought up in a selection criteria, that means it's human resources. And, you know, and every department 
um, contributes to um, what the values of a company are. Mm -hmm. And so being able to, as as a HR individual in this scenario, um, you know, you're basically, you're putting together groups based on their um, talents and suitability and skill set. But also, um, you know, it'd be great to also positive bias be also be, be also aligning with the values as you've mentioned so um yeah yeah exactly and why it happens it says that transgender people often experience workplace mistreatment including difficulties getting hired and promoted this mistreatment is often due in part to concerns that clients and other employees and this is actually something else other employees i remember a whole thing at the my last workplace about wearing the rainbow lanyard okay yes rainbow lanyard to show your support for the lgbtqi plus community and the discussion about whether you should have to wear it or not but anyway employees are also people to consider not just other employees are also people to consider not just clients um but this mistreatment is often due in part to concerns that the clients and other employees have negative attitudes towards transgender people In this case, allowing such concerns to determine who gets hired results in discrimination against trans women. So basically, that's specific to trans women, but you could easily put in another minority in there, a type of person. Um, Like, I mentor um, women who have experience of the criminal justice system. I'm I'm a mentor for a charity that I support, and they find it very difficult um, to find work um generally speaking not so easy so I can imagine this conversation about someone who has that background um how would clients respond but I mean client why would clients even need to know anyway um but I can imagine a similar conversation even if they were the best candidate yeah. just thinking about it anyway I digress Yes, but it's an interesting one because it's definitely opens up um, a broader topic, which I I definitely think we should uh, look to cover and uh, devote more time to. Yeah, that would be great. Wonderful. All right, then. I think that's all we've got time for. Yeah, that was another great session. Thank you. There were some good good stories. I enjoyed it. Me too. Thank you. Lots of food for thought for our listeners also. And um, yeah, it'd be great to hear some comments. Absolutely. Thanks for that. All right, then. I'll see you next week. Great week. See you, Tracy. See ya. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you have as much fun with us today as we did. If what you heard resonated with you, don't forget to show the love and like our YouTube channel, All One with Tracy G. Give us a five-star rating on whichever podcast platform is lucky enough to have this episode because they rock too. Feel free to email us stories or questions at alloneinclusive at gmail.com and sign up for my newsletter if updating yourself about everything which goes down sounds like something right up your alley at tracygandu.com. Until the next time, see ya!